You're listening to the CPR of Life podcast, a show about creating community through connection, awakening potential, and uncovering the resilience of the human spirit through an understanding of state of mind. It's about living a life well-lived and uncovering what often gets in the way. Welcome to episode number seven. I am thrilled to welcome another fellow Scott onto the podcast. Today, I am chatting with the lovely Jackie Ford. She is a mischievous and lovely soul who is always ready for a laugh. From a professional perspective, she's a kick-ass coach, a speaker who's focused on raising consciousness by sharing an understanding of how life works. I know you will love this conversation. Welcome. Today on my show, I have the wonderful Jackie Ford, who is first and foremost a human being, which really makes me mm-hmm. hear that. Jackie is also very mischievous, as you'll get to hear in our conversation. Uh, always ready for a laugh. We've just spent the last half hour laughing. And um, a lover of life. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you, Jessie Lynn. It's an absolute delight to be here with you. And I promise that I'll not make you laugh too much. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Jackie, I didn't deliberately do a bio, but tell our listeners a little bit about you. Who is Jackie Ford? Jackie Ford is whoever she is in any given moment of time. Jackie Ford has lots of labels that society would would like to apply to her. Like she's a she's a woman, she's a mum to three tenacious, gorgeous daughters. She is wife. <clears throat> she is a sister, um, and she was a daughter to to her parents who've both passed away, unfortunately, over the last few years. She's also a coach. She works with people all over the world to help them raise their consciousness, to help them see how life really works. And that job takes her to working with everyone from politicians to little kids who keep eating disorders or who are self-harming. I just love to see people waking up. Jessie Lynn, I think after so much of my life, being spent in this incredible misunderstanding of how I was experiencing or creating my experience of life. I just love seeing people wake up much sooner than I did. What, what woke you up? It was a journey. It was an absolute journey. I, I mean, there's, I think we all have kind of like defining moments, don't we? There's periods throughout our whole life where we see things. One of the first things I remember seeing was being a wee girl on a bus I must have only been about nine, nine or ten years old. And I was on this bus going home and I saw this little little man who had a, a hump in his back. You know, he was he was bent over. And I saw people keeping away from him. You know, like like there was something wrong with him. And it really, really upset me, Jesse Lynn. I went home and actually wrote, wrote a poem about it that I've still got. Wow. And I guess at that stage, you know, sort of that was a defining moment for me realising that I knew none of us were, were indifferent from anyone else. And just because our physical bodies are different, it doesn't mean to say that we are different. We are, we're all the same. We really are all the same. And, and I was kind of blessed because I was brought up by my grandparents when I was a wee girl. And my grandfather had been a prisoner of war um, in Japan for four years. And he returned from from Japan 
And unfortunately, he died when I was only four years old because he was in Japan when they set off the, the atomic bomb. So he, his body was kind of riddled with, with cancer. But I loved that man. His name was Charlie or Chick to his friends. Now you imagine you've been in a prisoner of war camp. You've seen the worst of humanity and you've seen the best of humanity. And my grandpa Charlie taught me that it doesn't matter who's in front of you. Nobody's any better than you. Nobody's any worse than you. So that's, you know, when you talk about early years learning, yeah. that's ingrained in my psyche, you know, and I've always felt that. It's always got me into trouble. <laughs> because, you know, for me, it's respect where, res- yeah, respect where respect's due. Just because you've got a label doesn't mean to say I'm going to respect you. Yeah. You know, prove to me, prove to me. So lots of defining moments. Um, I think another defining moment was seeing The Matrix. I'm <laughs> coming out of the matrix and with Jerry, my husband and we both looked up at the sky and thought oh, is that real? Huh. what's real? you know and I think that we just had a couple of young kids so I think we were still in that that phase it just it, that blew our minds and then I went down the whole self-help route when I was working in the corporate sector because people are strange in the corporate sector <laughs> And <laughs> I thought I was broken and I needed fixed because I didn't want to behave the way everybody else was behaving and then they didn't like that I didn't behave the way they behaved. So I went down the, the self-help route. So what made you think that you were broken in that? <sighs> that was my conditioning. Oh. You know, that, that, was, that was my conditioning. Because I was always in trouble when I was a wee girl, Jessie Lynn, always... Do you know, <laughs> I've never told anybody this on, on one of these, these podcasts, but I'll tell you this, right? When, <laughs> when I was a wee girl, I was, as I said, I was always in trouble from my mum. I think my mum found it difficult to cope with my two brothers and myself. My two brothers were, I mean, they were much nicer than I was. <laughs> I mean, after all, my older brother's now a minister. <laughs> and, and my wee brother was a policeman. You know, I was like the wee, the wee weirdo in the middle. And um, I think I challenged my mum a lot when I was younger. You know, I, I didn't, you know, what she wanted for me was not who I knew I was. So we used to butt heads a lot. But there wasn't enough room for growth for me to be me. It was like I was to become this this copy of what my mum wanted me to be. And God bless her. She thought she was doing the right thing for me. Yeah. I mean, really, God bless her. And um, <laughs> my mum would punish me, you know, I'd come home from school and I'd be all sassy and, you know, full of the chat. And I'd get home at four o'clock and by about half past four I'd been sent to my bed with no tea. <laughs> Just, honestly, Jessie Lynn, it became so frequent that I started to make a sandwich in the morning and put it under my pillow because I knew when I came home I was going to go to bed with no dinner. Yeah. That's actually quite smart. It is, isn't it? Entrepreneurial, I think, except yeah. there was no money involved. So I've always I've always wanted to settle into being myself, Jessie Lynn. But I've always had always believed in the external pressure. Yeah. You know, that that this that the conditioning that this 
wasn't who I was meant to be because when I was being that, I was punished for it, <laughs> you know, because I was loud. It's so innocent because I just thought of uh, <laughs> my, my grand in Scotland, my mom and dad are from the Isle of Lewis, which is a very small island. Mm. And gender roles are quite defined. And I remember with my grand when I told her that I was continuing to do my master's degree, she just, she couldn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. I wasn't in a steady relationship. She thought I should be taking cooking classes and sewing classes and, you know, and it, all coming from the best, best place. But it just mm-hmm. so wasn't me. So I was always the rebel as well. As well. Yeah. Kind of not doing <laughs> what was expected. Mm-hmm. And that turns out to be a gift in the end. So in the corporate sector, you kind of didn't feel like you fit in. And so turning to... I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel as though I fitted in, Jessie Lynn, but I was really successful. Mm, yeah. Do you know what? My customers loved me. It was, it was sales that I worked in. It was pharmaceutical sales. So I did everything from sales, training, marketing, business development. And then I, I did a bit of government affairs. So my customers loved me. So that element of me being me, my customers loved. But it was the... It was the back end. Yeah. But showing up, and that's just the thing, showing up, that just shows the power of showing up as who you are, like whether it's, a, mm-hmm. or, you know, as a parent, as a child, like it, there's a lot of kudos to you for just giving yourself permission to do that. Because a lot of people don't, a lot of people try and fit into the, what the back end is, the expectation is, you know, or mm-hmm. what the mom's expectation would be of that wee girl. Yeah, but, but I mean, having said that, that's what caused me a lot of pain, Jessie Lynn, and it cost me a fortune in self-help books and all sorts of courses that I've put myself through throughout the years to try to make that square peg fit in a round hole. And in that search, that's where I came across NLP, hypnosis. And always knew there was a kind of energy behind life, but wasn't, you know, I hated using the word God because that felt limited to me. So I always talked about something much bigger than that. And after sort of NLP and hypnosis, that woke me up to the fact that I was the thinker. You know, when, when you're using phrases such as notice, noticing, immediately there's a separation. So you start to see thought in action. And then I started going down, you know, what you would call the spiritual route. <laughs> Which, for a Glaswegian, is quite a funny thing. A non-religious spiritual route. And um, came across Wayne Dwyer, Eckhart Tolle, Barbara DeAngelis. Went out to the States to train with them all. Cost me a fortune. I could probably have bought all three of my daughters a flat, you know, or somewhere to live if I hadn't spent all that blooming money on, on self-development. But I'm so glad I did. So glad that I did. Because eventually I found my way to this understanding that I know that you talk about in your podcast. And I actually came across this understanding in the early 90s um, via Richard Carlson's books. Getting yeah, another dogs with the small stuff? Yeah, and it made a huge difference to my life. But in no way in that book did Richard Carlson quote the source. Mm. And he had trained with Sid Banks. And I often say that to, sort of, to Judy, um, Sid's, Sid's second wife. I said, you know, if, if Richard Carlson had said in that book yeah. that it was Sid, I said, I'd have seen you guys in Salt Spring in the early 90s. You know, I, I would have been there. 
it's funny how things impact us and we don't realize how much and then it kind of can touch mm-hmm. us and nudge us and then I think that just things come into our existence when we're ready for them, you know, mm-hmm. when, we're, when we're maybe open to hearing things in a different way. Because I think when you're reading self-help books, <laughs> I have so many of them too, I got rid of most of them, but we're looking from a place of needing to be fixed when that's not yeah. the case. You know, and when I'm working with my clients, it's never, <clears throat> I always say to them, your starting point is never, if you're starting here and there's a fork in the road, mm-hmm. and if you take the fork that I'm broken and I need to be fixed and take this route, or I'm not broken, I'm just struggling with something in the moment. Mm-hmm. The roots are so different. The paths are so different. Mm-hmm. I mean, the self-help industry is huge. and, and people understanding that they're not broken and not really needing to be fixed, not needing to be fixed at all. No, not at all. (laughs) It's a total gift. It's it's like, if you're naughty and mischievous, it just lifts the lid off it because you can just have even more fun recognising that nobody's broken. So why are you behaving as though you are? Yeah. You know, I once did, it was so funny, I once did a woman, Jessie Lynn, you know I do laugh a lot, <laughs> and this woman um, was, was inquiring whether she was going to work with me or not. And at the end of it she said, and she's the only person that's ever said this to me, she said, I don't think I could work with you, Jackie, because you're not taking my problems seriously enough. <laughs> and it was first world problems, Jessie Lynn, you know, it was, it was you know, if it had been something you know something deep and you know yeah not very nice then you know I wouldn't have been laughing I would have been you know digging in and 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 holding a space and I just yeah and that's okay too though it's it's okay Mm -hmm. not there are certain people that it's okay not to work with them maybe you're not absolutely they're not your person (laughs) oh she wasn't I mean, you do do a lot of work in serious, you know, serious issues like with younger with younger people who are self harming. Mm-hmm. Like that's a serious issue. Tell me about that. You know, Jesse Lynn. Anyone who cuts themselves, anyone who overeats, anyone who has a drink that drinks too much, anybody that gambles is porn addicted goes out with bad men or bad women all they're doing is looking for another feeling a different feeling Jessie Lynn that's all they're looking for and I know you know that and when you feel out of control because you know you're conscious enough to know that that's what you're doing that you're doing something to make yourself feel better and you take a knife or you take scissors or, you know, a glass or something and you put it across your skin to cut yourself in the belief that by doing that, you're calming yourself down, you're relieving any tension or overwhelm that's in your body. You're just misunderstanding how you're creating your experience of life. It's as simple as that. You are not a psycho. You are not mentally ill. You are just a wee bit confused. Yeah. 
and I see it time and time again, Jessie Lynn. I, I get, I get mums and dads who want me to work with their kids who are at the end of their, you know, to use a Scottish word, they're at the end of their tether. They feel as though there's nowhere else to go. The child has been through all sorts of social services. They've been seeing psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers. And the problem's not going away. And I can guarantee you, Jessie Lynn, between four and six sessions, sometimes even before that, these kids are laughing, understanding where their experience is coming from. I mean, I can't tell you the number of texts and messages I have from these, these, these kids. And they're like, Jackie, that's me now. It's a year since I've self-harmed. I haven't touched it. My life's fantastic. You know, I'm going away and I've got new friends and I'm at college now and I'm doing what I want to do. And Because you treat them like a human being. You, you know, they're not, they're not, they're no different from me being upset and shoving a pie in my face because I'm, you know, I'm looking for a different feeling. It's, it's no different. So it's an absolute joy to work with anyone, Jessie Lynn, who is taking their experience of life so seriously that it's causing them to harm themselves in one way or another. I think that's what stands out for me about you <clears throat> is the fact that you're really about embracing showing up as you are. Mm. You know? And standing in that moment and being in that moment. Mm. And I think that's a gift. It's, it's an amazing gift because if we can teach anybody that, anybody who wants to listen to that, but younger people and oh, yeah. are, like I say, starting from a place of that they're broken, um, it can make a tremendous impact on our lives and I always I, I say it's like you know when you drop a pebble in the water and then there's mm. the ripple you'll never know how far that ripple will reach and it's because you dropped the pebble in the water yeah I love that and I love that it doesn't matter mm. you know we don't need to know yeah yeah you know it's kind of like doesn't I always remember when I started my training in this field that we're talking about on the first day, one of my, my mentors said to me, you know, why are you here, Jackie? And you, you know, then we were, where you hear yourself saying something, but you've never said it before, but it makes absolute sense and just everybody's jaws in the room drop. So you know you're speaking from a really, really deep space, a wise space. And I just said, you know, I'm here to be the best human being I can possibly be so that I can teach my children and they can teach their children. Because it's taken me a long time to figure out who I am and how I work. And I look at my daughters, Jessie Lynn, and at almost 21, 23 and 25, they will never go through what I've been through. They're way more confident, assured, settled, wise, they know where their experience is coming from and I have not formally trained them in this understanding. Yeah. My husband and I live from this space. Yeah. Well, and that's what, if, there is no formal training. For, you know what I mean? Like, no, I know. Through training. Um, <clears throat> but the training is, is living. The training is mm. showing up in life and, and how you're showing up in life and that's the important part. Mm-hmm. So what kind of work are you up to now? 
Oh, Jessie Lynn, I am doing, I mean, honestly, I am just this little, it's like a scattergun. I'm just working with so many different types of people, Jessie Lynn. I'm I'm still working with politicians and councillors, helping them with what they believe to be clarity and how not to procrastinate and how to get more done in less time. But you really know I'm doing something else. Yeah. Um, At the same time, I am working and just completed a study with 100 women who had all been diagnosed by their GPs with depression. So they've got mild to moderate depression. They've all self-selected. All of the women have had four sessions, Jessie Lynn, four one-hour sessions, and 76% of those women are no longer on their medication. How long were the sessions? The sessions were an hour to 90 minutes. And were they one-on-one or with group? They were one-on-one. They were one-on-one, Jessie Lynn. No group sessions, just one-on-one. So I'm looking to see if I can get some funding to sort of to, because I would love, 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 love that to be a nationwide initiative, you well, know, so. incredible, even that sample size, you know, to get those results from that sample. Yeah. You imagine if you multiply that, that's incredible. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that. I, you know, the, the power of this and when people are, you know, so many people say I have anxiety, I have anxiety, I have anxiety. And often it's in the moment they're having anxious thoughts and when you kind of take them on, you know, through conversation that they get to a different space. Absolutely. So there's tremendous power in that. So there's... Did you do this yourself? Yes, I did. (laughs) I did. It's taken me a while. (laughs) But I've just... I've loved it, Jessie Lynn, because that's my my story. I... You know, and I, I don't speak about this very often, but I didn't really realise that I've lived in a low state of mind most of my life. Even although, you know, I'm the throw lemons at me and I'll make lemonade, I'm like the unsinkable Molly Brown. I still lived in a low state of mind. Yeah. You know? And and I can, you know, jazz hands, I can turn on the look at me, I'm I'm fun and I'm funny, but that was a deflection for for a long, long time in my life. My grandmother had reactive depression. Her her husband died and my uncle died. Now, they call it reactive depression, okay? <laughs> and I see this all the time. DSM, 450 psychological descriptions of illnesses that people have. But in fact, it's 450 ways that people are misunderstanding the role of thought. So it's a label. All that was happening was my grandma was having anxious thoughts. But... She went into a low mood, a low spiral with them, um, ended up on medication, but then had to have electroconvulsive therapy. Wow. And I was about 11 or 12, and we used to go and visit my gran in the psychiatric hospital. I loved my gran. Yeah. So that had a huge impact on me. And then my mum, when she hit 50, started to go down the whole... You know, like our, our, our sister had died and all this kind of stuff. And my mum started to get down this and then they diagnosed her as having endogenous depression. You know, it came from within. <laughs> <laughs> so my mum ended up in antidepressives. And then when I started to get through the menopause, the perimenopause, my mood started to really crash and I was more aware of it crashing because I'd always been able to pull myself out of it and have a laugh and do things and 
you know, and if any of your listeners have been through this, when you go to start to go through perimenopause, you, you don't have the same clarity. Your body's needs are different. You become tired more often. And then that, you know, your state of mind is probably much lower than it normally yeah. would be. And so I thought that was my one in life. Like, all right, my gran had it, my mum had it. I must have it now. Uh And thank goodness I came across this understanding. Because that blew that whole thing out of the water. Completely out of the water. So I know my girls will never go through that. So that cycle, that chain is completely broken. So I do that, but I also work with coaches. I work with people who've got issues with habits and addictions I work um I work with organizations and I garden (laughs) now you have you have a project coming out that we were talking about before about unashamedly human yeah (laughs) tell me a little bit about that to tell you at all (laughs) (laughs) I know (laughs) do you know Jessie Lynn it was like we were speaking before we came on the podcast and and I was saying to you that you know when you're you work for yourself and you are you know you've got this label as a coach and you kind of you're trying to figure out where it is you're meant to work who you're meant to work with what you're meant to do and because you're trying to figure it out your mental bandwidth just gets so reduced that you're tying yourself up in notes. So I've just been working with whoever and wherever I'm meant to work, but at the same time thinking, well, this this applies to everybody. So how how can I just go, well, I'm only going to work with these people? And this title of Unashamedly Human has been in my mind for about four years and it just wouldn't go away. And just a couple of weeks ago, I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? This understanding has freed me from the prison of my own mind unbelievably. Yeah, I've had anxiety. I didn't know I had anxiety. I, nobody spoke about anxiety when I was young. You just had a couple of drinks and you're okay. You know what I mean? The magic potion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've smoked and I've, I've, I've drank too much and fallen at a fair few taxis in my time. But I'm settled, Jessie Lynn, more than I've ever been. You know, there's, there's, I don't think there's anything or anyone that could shake me anymore from knowing that I'm always going to be okay. I might wobble, but I won't fall down. You know? What's that? What's that? That's right. <laughs> That's just what came into my head there. We will wobble, but you won't fall down. <laughs> there you go. Jackie, we will fold. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I won't fall down. And and that's the beauty of this. And I just thought, you know what? I am, excuse me for swearing. This will go explicit now on, um, on iTunes. But I'm bloody unashamedly human. And I'm so happy, Jessie Lynn. Yeah. So as projects, there's a, a podcast, a new podcast being launched on um, November the 1st called Unashamedly Human. Um, I'm writing a book called Unashamedly Human and there is going to be all sorts of online courses and in-person group work looking at that. So whether it's just looking at this understanding we talk about or starting to really dive into 
habits, addictions, relationships, you know, you name it. I've got a couple of collaborations I'm working on. Um, one with my friend Philippe, we're looking at drama-free relationships, romantic relationships. So <laughs> that'll be fun. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm up for anything, Jessie Lino. I'm, I'm just so happy to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that something, it's like when you, when you, when, you, when you're in that moment, like when you're saying one of the, the courses I'm working on right now is really about how you're showing up in your life as a victim of life or as an owner of life. And it's such an incredible difference mm. which spot you're standing in and how, like how, which lens you're kind of looking through. Mm-hmm. But also understand that the permission is there. The permission to live your life comes, you know, as an, unashamedly human just comes from within mm-hmm. and that's that's that that's the magic right there is giving yourself permission and like we were speaking before we came on air about <laughs> showing up in a bathing suit when your body is not yeah. you think be your ideal you know <laughs> just putting that bathing suit on and you know strutting your it. it doesn't matter it. no you know, and 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 that's the thing and it's owning that and it's being in that moment because life is so much more fun when you're in that space you know oh, it definitely is i mean we, we were at a wedding at the weekend and um <clears throat> this woman that that my friend knew but i didn't know her she's of engaging with me on my, my, my Jackie Ford business page on Facebook and you know every day she's of commenting and stuff and she she's recently lost her son and she said to me your laugh is so infectious Jackie she says you're just free aren't you and I'm like yeah why yeah and I do a cackle like a witch sometimes but it's just like I, why hold that back yeah. <laughs> he said to my husband the other day there, you know, so we start going down this goddess route, okay? So there's the goddess and there's the maiden, right? And then there's the mother. So the maiden's the beauty, like where my daughters are just now, this beautiful phase. And then there's the, the mother goddess, which is when you give birth to your children. And I said to my husband the other day there, I'm in the crone phase now. <laughs> it's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. That's a really old woman. And I'm like, I'm <laughs> crone. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's just kind of like where are you what are you doing what's you know hey it's just a made up label anyways mm-hmm. you know I was speaking to uh, women at my mum's home the other day and we were speaking about turning 50 and the woman said oh it's just all downhill from there like that's just you know that's it's so depressing and I can remember like I went into and I just said to her, it can be, or it doesn't have to be, you know, like, and it's one of these things where it's an amazing opportunity to, it's almost like a rebirth, you know, yeah. when you get comfortable in your skin and, you know, not trying to please everybody else and fit into everybody else's square holes when you're around peg, mm-hmm. um, life just becomes so much easier and more joyful and fun yeah it definitely does Jessalyn you know when you were saying there about you know it just gets downhill from there what popped up in my head was and that's the good news (laughs) (laughs) 
everybody's always got a story they want to imprint on you. Oh. And I think it's, you know, from the moment we're born, we're, we're having other people's stories yeah. and media and education. And it's not even imprinted on us. What's happening is we're taking that experience and we're laying down memories. In our brains, we're just laying down memories. I just hit my microphone when you asked Jessie Lynn why she's laughing about that. So we're laying down these memories in our brains and our brain is just, our brain's biological. And its purpose is to store and retrieve information. So the minute we are going into a new experience, our brain's really helpful and it pops up the memory that maybe will help us with that experience. But the memory is just thoughts carried across time. It's not fresh information. So if you're able to go into any experience and realise that, that it's not, it's not fresh information, it's old information that may or may not be useful. Then if the experience is a new experience. You know, people say that we don't use... What is it? The, there's a statistic we only use 5% of our brain, which is not true. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. But that's just it. You know, it can be something that's an old experience, and that's all that it is. Yeah. It's cool, you know, you're talking about being in our bathing suits at the swimming pool. That's just an old story, isn't it? That just pops up. Yeah. You know, and you can either get caught up in it or you can just let it go. Yeah, letting it go is so much. <clears throat> but is it we let it go or is it we see through it, JC Lynn? I think it's more we see through it. I think seeing through, that's exactly Yeah. It is. <clears throat> because yeah, letting it go suggests that there's a doing. I was just going to say that there's something there, mm-hmm. you know, that you need to let go of. Well, you don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Jackie. So cool. What's a thought or something that you would like to leave our listeners with? If you could share something. Some wisdom. I know you've got a lot of wisdom in there. Must all be my fat cells then. Um, Oh, you know the thing that's made the most difference to me, Jessie Lynn, is letting life flow through me. So every experience has something to teach me. You know, and I can label it good or I can label it bad. Essentially, it's an experience. And some of the experiences I don't particularly enjoy. And in years gone by, those experiences that I didn't particularly enjoy, I would shut them down. I would ignore them. I'd part them to one side. And these experiences become like a pressure cooker. And I have learned over the years, Jessie Lynn, just to feel what I'm meant to feel in those experiences and then just let it go. It goes on its own. So if I'm going to get angry and I'm going to cry or I just want to hide or I want to sleep, I do that because when I don't let life flow through me, other things happen to me. Other behaviours start to appear. So I don't really do advice. I would just say to people, this is what I've found. When I let life flow through me, I just have a, a much richer experience of life and I learn and surely that's the whole point of being human. Unashamedly human. Unashamedly human. 
Jackie, you'll have me next. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on some kind of pole dancing, shouting, unashamedly human. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure talking to you. Um, I wish you the best of luck with Unashamedly Human. I'm looking forward to the podcast and the book coming out. And you're going to be a guest. <laughs> but thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. Oh, I've loved it, Jessie, and I appreciate the opportunity. So take care. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did, giggles and all. It was lighthearted, but also full of wisdom. That's always what my conversations with Jackie are like. Here are a few thought bomb takeaways. Anyone who is struggling with addiction, self-harming, etc., they're always looking for a different feeling. It's really a misunderstanding about how their experience of life works. One of the things we keep pointing to in this podcast and in my community is the power of understanding how human experience works. The evidence of sharing this understanding continues to be a life-changing experience for so many individuals. Jackie's study with young women dealing with depression is evidence of this. I'm really happy to see that more and more people in our community are coming out with the results similar to Jackie's. Memory is just thoughts carried across time. It's not fresh information. It's old information that may or may not be useful in the present moment. And finally, every experience in your life has something to show you. If you enjoyed the show, I'd be grateful if you relieve a review on iTunes and share this podcast with your friends. Also, if you have any comments or questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Information on how to connect with Jackie can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be well, be inspired, be you. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll share this podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with Jessie Lynn, please check out the contact page on her website, jessielynnmcdonald.com. Also, we'd be beyond grateful if you would leave us a review. Join us next time for another edition of the CPR of Life.